Welcome back into the National Bets Podcast. Today we're going over week three of college football and week two of the NFL. But first we have to recap what happened last week. So starting off with college football, on a college football Saturday at 11 a.m., the Oregon Ducks come storming in to Columbus, Ohio, and absolutely teabag or as duck bag the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'll give you a courtesy laugh on that. Thank you. I appreciate that one. I worked hard on that one. So Ohio State comes in 14 point, 14 and a half point favorite in the shoe, and the Oregon Ducks come in and absolutely route them. So as your resident Oregon fan, Hayden, questions, concerns, comments on the game? Uh, first off, go fucking Ducks two and zero. Cheer for them now since quack, Tennessee's quack. one and one. <laughs> so I actually could have got this line at halftime. And then I took it, I think, in the third quarter, and the Ducks were still an underdog. I don't uh, – granted, I, I understand that it's number three-ranked Ohio State. Who is not good this year. At home with a lot of hype, a lot of national championship aspirations. I don't understand how the line was well, still positive for Oregon going into the third. Well, after the first game Oregon played, I didn't think they were any good either. That quarterback yeah. didn't look good at all the first week one. Ohio State's? No, Oregon's. Oregon's. Yeah. Well, Ohio State's didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, at least people gave Ohio State the benefit of the doubt of, like, they're playing in conference in Minneapolis at Minnesota. Uh, a lot of, you know, first game jitters. You're playing a conference opponent. They kind of just kind of wrote off that defensive performance and said, CJ Stroud's going to improve what he did. He threw for, like, over 400 yards in today's or in Saturday's game. 484. Just wasn't enough. But that defense looked abysmal. It looked like Tennessee's defense. It was so bad. I don't, I don't understand how you think that you can have that kind of product out there and even win the Big Ten. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten. Like, that was the biggest shock of the night. Like, it really opens up the door for, like, Iowa, Penn State, even, like, a, like Wisconsin, if they can ever get their shit together. Like, that's that division's wide open. Also, the conference might be, like, the third best conference in college football right now. Fourth best, really. With who? Uh, yes. SEC. Obviously. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Pac-12. Maybe. I'd agree. I'd agree with Pac-12. The best team just lost to Oregon, who might not win their conference. True. And then I would put the ACC in there. With a distant fourth. Yeah. What? Yeah, because Clemson's better. Yeah. I would assume. Honestly, I would love to see the line for UNC-Ohio State after that game. On a neutral site. I think I'd favor Ohio State by maybe like five. Yeah. I just give Heisman hopeful Sam Howell a chance to win the game because you know he's putting up yards. I mean, C.J. Stroud played really well. Um, not really well, but he was 35 of 54. I just was kind of hoping that he would not play well because I want to see Quinn Ewers get in, who's supposed to be a senior in high school and only went to Ohio State to make a whole lot of money. But this guy's supposed to be, like, the next big thing. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a uh, little uh, Kelly Bryant – um, Trevor Lawrence situation happened here where the true freshman takes over at some point and uh, just balls out. I mean, Just keep that really, in your back burner. Don't be surprised if it happens. Would we expect Ryan Day to change over quarterbacks that soon? Not not next week, but I'm saying if, if uh, C.J. Stroud, I mean, he threw 54 passes, which is ridiculous. Still completed 35 of them, but that's a lot of uh, missed passes at the end of the day, and I don't know. I, maybe maybe the answer is putting in Quinn Ewers and, and uh, seeing if he can change things up. I, but that's not the problem, though. The province, problem is their defense. The problem is definitely defense and the fact that Oregon was just a really good team. Yeah. Also, credit to Oregon, they were down like two defensive starters. 
at against Were they a, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I think their starting linebacker and then like a D end or something like that was out. Oh, yeah. They had Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau out, who's going to be like a top three pick next year. Didn't, yeah. I think he was out, mm-hmm. which like it might have been even worse if he was in. Yeah, that I guy mean, murders people. Seriously. So, unlike Ray Lewis. But yeah. <laughs> Got to throw that in there. But, yeah, no, like that was kind of eye-opening and really opened up the college football playoff race. Mm-hmm. Ohio State still has a chance at the playoff, but they legitimately have to win out and have a convincing performance in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, does the Big Ten have a outstanding win out of conference? I guess Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State yeah. both are pretty solid still. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State has to look good, and Iowa continue has to look good in order for Ohio State to have a quality win. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because what? Because Indiana is going to suck, and that was Iowa's big win. And then if Iowa State looks terrible, and like loses like three or four games this year, that Iowa win isn't going to be good for Ohio State. Yeah, well, I think we're forgetting about Penn State too. Penn State. Well, they have to beat Penn State. Yeah, squeaking there. Well, Penn I, I don't think they're going to beat Penn State though. Well, Penn State's only quality win right now is Wisconsin, who does not look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, transitioning in to another team. That is not back. Steve Sarkeesian has a preliminary SEC open game in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they get smashed. Smashed. By Horns a down. Sam Pittman-led team. Horns down. Who, I, I don't get it. It's, it's so Texas, though, to have such a good win right off the bat and beating a top 25 team in Louisiana Lafayette and then just showing up fucking empty. Yeah, and I got to take a little bit of credit uh, for the Arkansas win because I bet Texas as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought it was an absolute lock. And so, uh, faults on me. I'm surprised Steve Sarkeesian hasn't called me yet and told me to reverse that uh, decision. But uh, part of the problem is my confidence in Texas walloping Arkansas. Arkansas might be sneaky good this year. I don't know. Um, Sam Pittman's second year. Their offense looked the best it's looked since they had uh, – Alex Collins and that other running back in the backfield, and they weren't even good then. But uh, we'll see what happens this year. I mean, but that's the thing, though. Tech, er, Arkansas didn't even look that good. They just had two capable running backs to where if they play a decent front seven, they're, they're not picking up 73 and 70. They're picking up maybe 45 apiece. But, te- I mean, they just got – Arkansas literally just bullied Texas. They took Texas's lunch money, and they took their girlfriend's and they gave back the ugly ones. Which is why you never bet against the SEC. Yeah, and I don't think Arkansas is going to run the SEC West. Easy there, Mr. LSU over UCLA. I think Arkansas might be able to beat some of the bad teams in the SEC West, but I don't think they're, they're going to run the SEC. They're going to get more games. I mean, they've already had more big wins this year than they've had in a long time, which is one. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out another one somewhere along the way. Like, they'll, they'll beat Mississippi State, of course. Duh. They'll beat – who do they play in the East? Uh, they all, uh, don't they play um, who they play Missouri a lot? So they'll play Missouri. They'll beat Missouri, and then outside of like Florida and Georgia, I know they don't play Tennessee. If they play anyone else outside of Florida and Georgia, they probably win that game because the SEC East is very bad. Yeah, that's very bad. And then they'll be competitive with Auburn, and then I don't think they beat. Oh, they'll beat LSU for sure. LSU stinks. And I don't know. I mean, I'd be circling the Arkansas Texas A&M game. See what happens there. Yeah, that was a dreadful performance against Colorado. But you know what the problem is? Or the, the good thing about it is? They still won. They can go back. Lost their starting QB, though. They did. 
But you Not know good. What? Next man up mentality out there in College Station. The, the male cheerleaders are going rowdy for the backup quarterback. I'm sure it'll be just fine. If I'm a student at college, in College Station, I'm hitting the fucking panic button. First of all, I mean, uh, it's not like uh, College Station has a history of bad quarterbacks. I mean, they had Kyler Murray and Johnny Manziel. Let's not talk Brandon about, Ky- let's not talk about Kyler Murray this week. <laughs> no Kyler Murray talk this week, okay? Texas A&M is just perpetually overranked, and I said this on last week's podcast. They're just not that good, and they squeak a win by the mighty Colorado Buffaloes this week, and uh, I think that proves them. And they're still sitting at a pretty highly ranked position right now going into uh, – they're still sitting at number seven right now. They're playing New Mexico. Are they going to be able to get past New Mexico? I don't know. It's going to be a close one. This is also coming from a guy whose favorite team has played the worst FBS team and the possibly the worst FCS team and is talking a lot of shit right now. Are we going to go ahead and just coast on over to Auburn and uh, what they've done the past two weeks? Hold it, hold it, hold it. Uh, the past two weeks, sure. Yeah. yeah. They've played absolutely nobody, nobody. and wrecked them. And they're they third should. in rushing yards in the country, seventh in total yards, and first in points per game. That's PPG if uh, you're keeping it cool. That is an explosive offense. This is the best Auburn's offense has looked They played in a, long time. a bunch of rejects. And they look great doing it. They, they played, played literally Bishop Panera, Sycamore. And they look good. And they look they really good. They played Panera Bread State in my high school. But it's just – Of course they should. Bo Nix is not even missing passes. His passes are perfect spirals. They're so catchable that a baby can catch them. Well, you have your guys wide fucking open. I mean, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> he can throw like a football twice the size of a regular football and people still catch it. This is how catchable his passes look right now. Auburn's run game is dynamite. Like I just said, third and rushing. Tank Bigsby, we already knew what he was going to get, but they got two other guys that are just absolutely crushing people out there right now, just bodying dudes. I mean, I don't know. This is I I didn't even expect Auburn to look as good as they did against the two teams that they've already played. I mean, I thought they'd win against Alabama State and uh, Akron, but I didn't think that they were going to body these teams. What's the Mel Kuyper line? They played cupcakes on cupcakes, and I'm getting a sugar rush right now. Cupcakes on cupcakes, sugar to the dome or something like that. This is a little like me saying that Tennessee's going to win the national championship after beating Tennessee Tech this week. Yeah, it's it's kind of Tennessee's offense is not even close to what Auburn's has been. We I'm not saying that. I'm saying after we beat Tennessee Tech, you realize Tech, that Akron's won one game in two years. Alabama State's got a pretty solid program for an FCS. No, they don't. For an what? They're one of the worst FCS teams ever. They they literally beat a team called Miles that doesn't have a logo on ESPN. I've never heard of it. It's Miles. literally right. just the gray shield that they give to literally no name. Like people. your fantasy team when you start the league? Yeah, it's like remember <laughs> in NCAA 14 where you play East State and it's literally just like a random computer generated logo? That's what it is. All right. Their players look like like 20 years into a uh, a dynasty league on Madden. We'll find out. We'll find out before we get off it. I just want to say that you can still take Bonix as a Heisman plus 7500. You've lost pretty your good, fucking uh, mind. Pretty good bet. Well, James Franklin, I, I'm calling it James Franklin's going to USC. No, it makes too much sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. He's got a good really thing does. going on at Penn State. It's a good place. He's getting paid a lot of money. So why would you want to be the third best team in a conference, recruiting-wise, to where you can be the best team easily? Because if you go to USC, you have to deal with Oregon, where New Gene reigns 95% of the time. You're dealing with Washington, where it also reigns 95% of the time. You're dealing with UCLA, who doesn't have the academic or the athletic prowess that USC has. And then you have the two Arizona schools. Like that's the easiest conference to recruit in. And a guy like James Franklin, who's really good at recruiting, which is why he succeeded at Vanderbilt, which got him the Penn State job, which is why he would excel so well. 
like what we were talking about, or a lot of people were talking about this last week of like a lot of California quarterbacks are playing in the SEC right now. Franklin can keep them in in state. Yeah, that's the trick that everybody goes there and they're like, I'm going to change this around. But all, so, all the all the top guys in Southern California just want to come to the East Coast, whether that be Clemson or whether that be Georgia. Like all like all the best quarterbacks are playing at like Georgia, Ole Miss with Matt Corral. They're playing at Clemson. They're playing at Alabama. Like they're all well, yeah right now. Well, they're going to the where the, the recruiting's the best. Yeah. If you bring James Franklin over there, like Clay Helton wasn't very good at recruiting. I think we can all admit that. I forgot who the guy before him was. Uh, was it Sark? No, it was a, there was another guy there before. It was Sark before that? Yeah. Okay, so I mean Sark had the benefit of going to uh, Alabama, where he had a bunch of people around him that recruited. I'm not really sure what Texas is ranked recruiting was. I'm sure it's not top ten, top fifteen. Uh, fact check me on that. Tweet us at Nashville Bets if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, like Sark wasn't very good at recruiting. He's not known for being a recruiter. He's being he's known for being an uh, alcoholic. Oh yeah, the offensive yeah, too. So that, that too. <laughs> I'm sure the gym beat. I just had to that. throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like these guys haven't been known for the recruiting where James Franklin is. So I think you'd make a perfect fit there. We'll see. And I don't think he's going to take it. But talking about perfect fits, let's segue that into week three of college football for the perfect fit of the day. Auburn, Penn State. Sponsored by Trojan. Uh, Auburn, Penn State is going to be electric. Um, Auburn has started off as a six-point underdog, and they're going into, which makes sense, Penn State's earned the favorite there. I think it might be a little high. It's going to be at nighttime. It's going to be 730 local, uh, 630 central. Where we're watching In Happy Valley. In Happy – yeah, and it's going to be a whiteout game at Penn State. Uh, atmosphere, electric. Auburn's brought in some big speakers down to Auburn, Alabama, to play really loud noises so that they can get adjusted to the really loud noises. Nothing that they haven't already heard because Auburn's probably more loud than Happy Valley. Um, but based on the offensive production and the defensive wall that I've seen from Auburn in two games straight, I think Auburn goes into Penn State and gets the win, not just to cover the win. I've already bet them um, as a six-and-a-half point favorite, which is actually where it, it first started off. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a money line as well at plus 185 here because I, I really think Auburn's going to win. Bo Nix, like I said, Heisman plus 7,500. 7, he is not throwing incompletions at all right now. He's not throwing interceptions. He's not throwing incompletions. He guy can't stop making great passes. Bo Nix and Auburn, I, I think they go into Happy Valley, and I think they get the win. So, the, I mean, this is an actual test for Auburn. They've been playing cupcakes. They have a sugar high going in. Penn State did warm up with Ball State after putting on an absolute off or defensive or display against Wisconsin. I'm interested to see because the the real the breaking point in Penn State Wisconsin was three plays of over 20 yards, where I forgot the wide receiver's name for Penn State, but he literally just like ran past the defense and they had no idea what to do. So I'm interested to see how the Auburn defense because that's going to happen. It's going to be a play action play. There's going to be a couple of them. How do they respond to the play or the ball over 20 yards? Because that was the difference in Wisconsin. Granted, I'm not sure if the Auburn defense is going to be as stout as Wisconsin was. Maybe Sean Clifford is going to be able to build a little momentum going in or going from Ball State. But it's going to be interesting for sure. I don't. I'm a avid not believer in Bo Nix. So I, if you could take an over on interceptions in this game, if the line was set at one and a half, I would take the over. Oh, 100%. For Bo Nix to throw? Yeah. Oh. What? No. 
Absolutely. would too. I would too. Bo Nix. Especially when he's down late. He's, if he gets one, he's going to throw another Bo one Bo Nix has never been like a big interception guy to start off with. His thing has been like kind of inaccuracy, but not like just not uh, well, interceptions. inaccuracy, what's that lead to? Uh, but not like – Fucking interceptions. He's never, he's never thrown a ton of interceptions. Auburn's I defense mean, is so much better than Penn State's or Wisconsin's, like, by a landslide. Based on what? Based on – they just have – the defensive line is st- – based on the pro- the fact they've only had 10 points scored in two games and it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, against one. one of the worst FCS and FBS teams. They had, like, their third string guys in. This D-line is stacked. The D-line stacked every year. Like, every year the D-line is going to be stacked. It's more of, like, is the secondary going to be good? And Auburn's got – a safety that's going to be a pretty high draft pick and a corner that's going to be a pretty high draft pick. Their DBs and are really Penn good this State year. has no guys who are going to go to the NFL from their defense. And also the linebackers are really good this year too. Yeah, they've got no talent over there. All right, so Auburn's just got a better – Auburn's defense is always like – it's just the offense you got to worry about every year. Maybe the offense. So, so as we established before, the line was six. And a half. I think it started off at six and a half. It's down to six now think, in favor of Penn State. Yeah. Two things. Let me know if these scare you. Auburn is 0-4 against the spread as an underdog in their last four games. Does that scare you? No. Okay. It shows we're against really good teams in the SEC. Two. 61% of the public is on Auburn, but 63% of the money is on Penn State. So the sharp money is on Penn State to cover six, but the public is on Auburn. Does that scare you? Rich guys don't know how to bet. That's just not true. You gotta slum it down here with us peasants before you, uh, where you really know what you're doing. What I think the uh, the four main or the four biggest public bets in the NFL this past week all lost. Eighty-eight percent of the money was on Green Bay. Like seventy-five percent of the money was on um, fuck, who was it? Was on the Patriots. Then another like seventy to seventy-five was on like the Titans. Might have been there, on the was a, there was a lot of money on the Titans. I looked at like right before the game kicked off. All right. Uh, the other SEC matchup of the week, Alabama versus the University of Florida. It is in Gainesville. The opening line was at 15.5. I now see it down at 14.5. Any chance the Florida Gators cover? Not even Winch is covered. Yeah, I can see them covering. 14.5. No. But no. I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to cover the first half spread at 7.5. But, but I, I said I could see him. I don't know. We'll talk about that more later, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a tough test there. It's in Gainesville, which kind of makes sense. And apparently a lot of people are betting on Florida to cover that spread. I think it's going to be tough. Which is fucking stupid if people are betting against I mean, now we know Miami's not that good. Not, I mean, they blew them out. But I, I just want to see Alabama lose. I, I would love to see. I'd love to see a close game. That's why you bet with your mind, not your heart. I would love to see a close game. Uh, nothing makes me more happy than seeing Alabama lose, but the only thing that makes me happier is seeing Florida lose. So I, I win either way, but I also lose either way. But I just – if they're starting Emory Jones, there's no way they cover 15 and a half. No, they're starting the other guy. Are they really? Yeah. So they're starting Anthony, a freshman quarterback. Anthony Richards, is that what I would literally – I'm going to buy it up. Pretty sure I saw this one. I could see this. Just take it to like 21, a, give him a hold of the touchdown. Honestly, they – I could – It could be a fucking blowout. I could find this. I'm, I'm going to take it at 16 and a half. <laughs> Buy it up to 16 and a half. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Get it at plus money. Yeah, it was 14 on DraftKings, so you could yeah, really get some plus money on that. As of right now, 65% of the public is on Alabama to cover 15 is the aggregate line, and it's 50-50 on money between Florida and Alabama. So you're seeing a lot of sharps turn Florida. 
but I just don't see it. I don't think there's any way they cover. There's no way. I, I cannot see an op, a way that Florida covers this game. Moving on, recapping NFL week one. Where do you boys want to start? I guess we could start with the Titans. So the Tennessee Titans hosted the Arizona Cardinals and, Cardinals and Kyler Murray, and they, to say it nicely, they got absolutely demolished. Well, I'll start with this. Mr. Todd, fucking new OC, 7.3% of Tannehill's dropbacks would play action. That's the lowest in his career, even at Miami. That's tough. What, what, did we just dismantle that? We we're going to try to install a whole new fucking system at offense? What the fuck is going on? I mean, yeah, you're shitting on the offensive coordinator, which he deserves a lot of it. But yeah, Okay, in the, in the third quarter, eight minutes left, not, maybe nine minutes left, he ran the ball five times in a row down 31-13. But I was going to say – Five in a row. Yeah, it was bad, I know. But the fifth highest paid offensive tackle of all time out there got – demolished like as if he had never played a game of football in his life he looked like a, a JV offensive tackle playing his like first varsity start except he's in eighth grade and had no idea what he was doing well he looked like the fat kid that you stick out to play a line because you think he might or he's just big and you just got absolutely bullied do you see him get bodied by 5'10 190 pound Buddha Baker yeah just, just pancaked him the first I think that was the first play that Taylor Lewan came back in the second half because he like sat out for at the beginning of the second half because he was, like, riding the bike, whatever that means. And uh, he comes in and, uh, yeah, got – or maybe I'm thinking of a different play, but offensive linebacker safety, somebody ran up and that doesn't usually rush the pass and just wrecked him on his first play back in. So we should have never given LeVon that fucking contract. Mm-hmm. And now we're never going to get out of it. Yeah. You can't trade him. He's not worth anything for a trade mm-hmm. after that game. Not very, yeah, not very much. But he sent out a really nice tweet after the game saying that he needs to play better. He needs to shut the <laughs> fuck up and get back to the practice field. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. He needs to shut his fucking mouth, get off the bus, and get back on he the field. He needs to turn field. his phone off, go back to the practice facility, and sit there for the next five days straight thinking about his decisions. Um, are we worried? How? I'm sorry. Of course you're worried. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are y'all about your pass rush? Oh, yeah. That's a big area of concern, too, because there was none at all. I think you can at least improve. You can improve defense, I think. I'm not. I'm not hitting the panic button, we'll say. But it wasn't good. So you're not past a five, but are we at least a three? Oh, I'm probably a four. Okay. I could even be a five. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a worried, but I'm not yeah. freaking out. Bud Dupree looked like he was just starting his preseason instead of starting week one of the regular Yeah, I was about to say, Bud I mean, he kind of fucking was. They didn't play anybody. <laughs> yeah, Bud Dupree hasn't well, played in like a year. 17 snaps in the preseason ain't going to do shit. Nope. Yeah, Bud, Bud Dupree did not have it going on in that game. For who was supposed to be like the premier pass rusher for the Titans. Yeah. Didn't look like a premier pass uh, rusher for anybody. Janoris Jenkins looked awful. We Kale fell Farley twice. looked awful. Uh, Molden did not look great. I will give it to y'all. Fulton looked fantastic. Fulton looked good. Shut down A.J. Green. I think four targets, two receptions for 15 yards. Not bad for your sophomore, or sophomore quarterback. Kevin Byard looked like a Green Bay secondary. Or looked like a Green Bay safety back in like the haha Clinton Dix era. Just had no idea what he was doing. Got burned several times in man coverage. He squeaked in an interception there at some point. Looked kind of cool. But uh, <laughs> that's the only th- that's the only thing he did yeah. all day. He did get burned several times, and I saw Titans Twitter was none too happy with him. 
Although I thought that was going to be a shining point of your defense. Granted, he did get a pick, but I, going back to the pass rush, a little bit of it has to do with Kyler Murray just being absolutely electric. Correct. You had to respect that the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so like what, when they sent five and he dodged 11 tackles and then threw a ball to, was it? Uh, Christian Kirk. Kirk. Christian Kirk on the sideline. That was just like Madden-esque. Like that's in 2004 Madden when you had Mike Vick at like 99 speed, 99 acceleration. That was like, literally a Madden play. Like I didn't, I didn't think that was possible. It looked like Johnny Manziel playing against Alabama in 2014. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, they had absolutely no answer for Kyler Murray at all. Yeah. So, going forward, how critical are we being of not only Mike Vrabel, not only your DC, we targeting J-Rob a little bit, saying, hey, maybe we need a little configure our contracts a little better, maybe be a little tighter with our money, maybe go out and getting another pass rusher instead of just the one, get a little compliment on the other side so that way he's not getting double teamed or just getting bodied by a solid fullback. How are we feeling going forward? I mean, they, they waited to draft a pass rusher till when did Rashad Weaver get picked? Fifth round? Which he's going to be good. But that was like, I mean. He didn't look terrible. I thought they were going to draft a pass rusher, like, maybe even in the first round. And they waited. And then the second round. And then they waited till the third round or fifth round. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be good. Did he even play at all? I, no, he didn't play. I didn't see him at all in the game. What was the. He didn't play. Was he hurt? What the fuck? Was I'm thinking Jeffrey Simmons. Jeff Simmons. Yeah, Jeffrey okay. Simmons is stud. He's probably the best player on um, the defense. No, he didn't play. They're. Typical fucking Titans. They draft guys. They're like, oh, they're not quite ready yet. We're going to work them into the scheme. Literally, they need to put them on the field this week. Yeah, I was surprised because Rashad Weaver looked like the best defensive player on the Titans in the preseason. Like, man was an animal. Couldn't be blocked. But uh, And then he just doesn't play at all in the first week. That made no sense at all. When there was no pass rush, uh, you know, that didn't make sense to me. He looked great. I mean, I know it's preseason. He looked great in preseason. Oh, like, he. I mean, it was like every play he was damn near getting a sack. Yeah, no, he was definitely bullying second-string linemen, but – once again, that is second-string lineman. Are we concerned at all with Julio Jones' first game getting an egregious, unsportsmanlike penalty for Abe's calling him out in the press conference following? I don't like the penalty, but I like I don't like Mike Vrabel saying that more. Okay. I don't think it was – It was unnecessary, or do you think it was more of – I think it was more of a message to the team Okay. than just Julio, but I think Julio's the type guy that's going to take it like, oh. Tough coaching. Coming from a Nick Saban type, kind of what he needs. No, no, I'm saying the opposite. You don't think he's gonna take it well? At I don't all? think he's. I don't think. I. I don't know. I hope but he takes it, it well. It's all speculation. Yes. I would say he's not taking it the best. Okay. But I think the culture of the locker room. I think he kind of has to. I think Julio James was just pissed off that he didn't get any. He was just not getting any like pass. He wasn't getting. He wasn't getting fucking open. He looked like shit. Well, Tannehill also didn't have time. Got sacked six times. You, we could sit and talk about all day how bad that, like, it was from top to bottom. Yeah, it's like, what came first? The, the entire, egg, like, the the entire organization. Stuff. The Cooks probably didn't perform well. Like, the, the pregame eggs were a little bit <laughs> stale. Nobody in that running. entire organization performed well Sunday. Yeah. Except for Fulton. Including the fans. I wasn't drunk enough. I should, I, you, can't say mu- you can't say too much bad about Fulton. He looked good. He looked great. I, I will, from our unreleased podcast last week, I did question him a little bit. My bad. I shouldn't have questioned him as much as I Jeff did. Jeff Simmons also might be like a top five. He had a good reason. Yep. Jeff Simmons might be a top five D-tackle in the league like right now. The guy's an animal. 
Ever so quietly, those Mississippi State defensemen, kind of good. Yeah. Jonathan Abrams. Yeah, Fletcher Cox still playing, I think. Yeah. Uh, Segwaying into another game. The other abomination of an attempt at football was the Green Bay Packers taking on New Orleans Saints, moving a game from New Orleans because of Hurricane Ida into Jacksonville where Aaron Rodgers hasn't played the best, especially in September in Florida. It's hot and humid. Uh, We were demolished from the very start. So we can go about this a couple ways. We can go about this from the offensive perspective of we were starting – or we did not have our starting offensive line fully intact. David Bakhtiari was out, our all-pro left tackle. We just got rid of Corey Lindsey, who we should have re-signed instead of Aaron Jones. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I believe that you build your team from the inside out, and your inside starts with your center, your quarterback, and your left tackle. So we had Elton Jenkins, our Pro Bowl left, or left guard playing left tackle, who played really well. Another guy from Mississippi State. Then we had two rookies on the interior, Josh Myers and a guy out of Michigan playing right guard. And then we had Billy Turner, who's been a liability since last year, where, uh, fuck, who was the Tampa Bay DN that's really good? Jason Pierre-Paul. The other one. Um, fuck, whatever. Control-C, Control-V, the right answer, where he took Billy Turner's lunch the entire time. Aaron Rodgers running for his life half that game. And we kind of saw that again today. As I said in the unreleased podcast last week, Cam Jordan, Davenport, ate up our line. I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was, but Aaron Rodgers running essentially the entire game. Outside of when they were playing prevent going into halftime, where we were able to get a field goal out of that drive, we could not move the ball at all. Because Aaron Rodgers had no time, and we saw that in the pick coming out of the opening drive of the second half, where he was rolling to his right. Granted, he was trying to look off somebody, where he threw that pick and just completely missed Devontae Adams. But still, he's not making that play if the entire right side of the line doesn't collapse. So this is what happens when you get rid of your all-pro center. This is what happens when you try to replace a lot of good interior linemen with the rookies. Two, as I've said before, time and time again, our running defense has been atrocious since 2019, where we gave up 284 yards on the ground in San Francisco. And instead of drafting a guy like Patrick Queen, a really good interior linebacker, we draft third-string quarterback Jordan Love. And then in that same draft, we draft Kamal Martin in day three, who was later released this er, going into the preseason. So we can't even draft interior linemen. We can't pick them up in the preseason or the in the offseason. And so we just kept giving up yards to uh, James Winston. We gave yards to Kamal or, uh Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Kamara? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to I was, I was going to wait a second. I was just thinking Kamal Martin again. So we couldn't stop the run and that led to a Joe Barry defense which does not work as well as people want to think. Cuz Joe Barry is a Vic Fangio uh, disciple. He thinks that a shell defense where you play two high safeties and probably really soft zone works. In theory kind of cuz it's a bend don't break, give up 400 yards and 10 points. You're not giving up the big play. That only works if you have a pass rush, and when Zadarius Smith is injured, and you have Preston Smith and Rashard Gary getting a total of three hurries and zero sacks the entire game, the defense doesn't work. You have to man the fuck up, but when you man the fuck up, 
Kevin King gets burned like he did again and again and again. And it's infuriating to see. And I just, I really just cannot fucking fathom it. How we just make the same mistakes over and over and over again. We'll say, I'm sorry that your team got beat so bad, but at least you can't talk shit to me this week at least. <laughs> also, we're not going to talk about LASIK Winston. He looked electric. Hey, he was oh, electric. To, what? He only had he how many yards? Weight? He looked what? He looks, he, looks hey, he looks like he's pretty thin. I don't know. Maybe maybe there was a restaurant in Tampa, or maybe he lived next to McDonald's or something, and somehow things have changed in New Orleans. But he looked uh, in shape the first time he's ever looked in shape before in his life. He's always had like a, a crab gut going. I don't think he drinks beer. Probably not. And uh, mixed in with like a little bit of fried oyster po' boys in there. But like he looks like he went to New Orleans and lost 25 pounds. Well, it's all those odd workouts he has of like strapping a weight belt to his chest and having like. The towel and like dogs running after him. Apparently, it's really working. I can't wait to see a bunch of like Jane and Joe six packs out there trying to throw a ball around with like playing in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a surprise. I don't know. I mean, they might be I, a. That, that surprised the entire world. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like. What? The betting public put, or 88% of the public was on Green Bay to cover the four and a half. I mean, talk about the talk NFC about South. South. Like, the Falcons just blow. They couldn't even score. A touchdown against the lowly Eagles, and then they – I mean, I, I thought it was going to be like – I thought the Falcons would be able to score points, and each game would end at like 21-34, where like they kind of kept it maybe in, in reach the whole time, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep – like if they let the Eagles run up 31, then the rest of the season is just, just – each team's going to score 10 touchdowns. It's going to be bad. But – and then the Panthers are not that good. They got Chris McCaffrey, but that's it. Really, like the Saints and the uh, Bucks are going to be – Dueling it out here. I don't know. The Saints could be a uh, – they could both be certainly playoff teams. I do want to say that everyone on Twitter, especially the fucking Green Bay media out there, that are saying, guys, it's just one game. Everyone relax. Doing the whole spelling out of it like Aaron Rodgers did in like yeah, 20, relax. 2013 or whatever the fuck he did it. Shut the fuck up. Y'all are just absolutely infuriating that we can't, we can't criticize Joe Barry, the guy who went 0-16 as the Lions D.C., like, it's the fact that we keep trying this experiment, it's not working out. We don't play press coverage. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing with the Titans of like, oh my pe- God, dude, I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like people in the media are like, I, we could never do the job that the GMs do. Yes, we can. Brian it's not hard. Brian Gutekunst went to University of Wisconsin Whitewater. It's not like they have a bunch of geniuses running around over there. It was literally, he's a victim of being, or he's a person, or he got into the position of power that he is by being at the right place at the right time. He was a scout, and he was basically promoted because people above him res- resigned. So let's not act like he's some savant. Let's not like, act like J-Rob is some savant out there. Like, these people are there because they're in a, they got themselves in position at a lower level, an entry-level job in the front office, and they got promoted because other people resigned. Let's not act like these guys are like Sean McVay out here just being offensive geniuses. They're just normal people who can be criticized. The only difference between them and us is they have a sheet of paper telling them what other people said. And that's really it. So, yeah, like your Tom Grassi's, your Aaron Nagler's, I'm not sure who, like your Paul Kaharski's probably yeah. on the Titans side. Like, I don't, y'all can just suck it. Like, stop acting like everything's going to be fine, that like our front offices know what they're doing. Well, they're no, I will di- say Paul Kaharski is the most criticizing uh, Titans reporter of them all. Like, he is just fucking cutthroat. Well, Everybody hates him. This game is a well-deserved. 
<laughs> the, uh, the, Hayden shaking his head. This yes. was this was the first two days out of my entire life that I I really read Paul, what Paul Kaharski was saying, and I was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> I had I, I didn't even I didn't want to tweet him. I didn't. Want, I just didn't want to send him anything mean because he was going to clap back at me. I mean, <laughs> God knows what he's talking about. He, he could go from literally any fucking angle he wanted to. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, any other games you want to talk about? There were a couple good ones. I mean, the Raiders Ravens game was one of the most electric Monday night games I've seen in a lot, or just straight up games at all that I've seen. You thought the Ravens won, then you thought the Raiders won, then you thought the Ravens won, then you thought the Raiders won, and then the Raiders won. Like, what? That game was incredible. Raiders yeah, definitely very good. Definitely stayed up late on a school night for that one. I stayed up late on a school night for that one, too. And Derek Carr impressed me last night. I'm always a criticizer of mm-hmm. – or a critic. I think the Ravens – Should I say critic? I'm always a critic of Derek Carr. Yes. He looked good last night. He did. Looked very good. The Ravens also have the same problem the Titans have, and that's just their O-line blows, too. Like, they just made um, – What was Leatherwood doing last night? They made uh, – I think Leatherwood was on crack. They made – like he. Queer Boy and uh, Max Crosby looked like they were all pro DNs out there. Like, that offensive line couldn't hold up at all. I, you know what? I don't think the – granted, the Ravens' line is not as good as it was last year because essentially they replaced people with lesser versions of the people who they placed them with. They look no, bad. Is Alejandro Villanueva, who was not good for the Steelers, got a – He was fine with the Steelers. Contract in the early days, not when he was leaving, not the past two seasons. And then he, he looked bad last night, like really bad. Was he playing so, left tackle or right tackle? I think he's playing right tackle. Right tackle. Yeah, that's where they had Max Crosby running all over him. I'll, I'll, that's going to be a problem to watch. Well, if you saw, Max Crosby took some really wide angles because he knows that Lamar Jackson, he's when the interior like, you know, kind of, or pushes him back, he's going to try to escape around. So that's what Crosby looked like he was trying to do. Granted, once again, not a defensive analyst here, but I, that's what it looked like to me. It looked it, like he was being prepared for the scramble. And not really anything else. And to me, that game for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson just at the end of the game didn't get it done. I think I'm not gonna say it's all on Lamar Jackson because, like you know, you play the whole fucking game. But two fumbles and one was in a critical moment where you probably actually you do win the game if you don't fumble there. Uh, in overtime. I mean, they're sitting at their own thirty. No, no, I'm talking about. Uh, this was in. It was in the fourth quarter. Oh, when they were driving a little bit. Trying to bleed some clock, and yeah. it was like three minutes left or something like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, like, that is quintessential Lamar doing Lamar things, and it finally backfiring because he's been doing that the last two years of him scrambling around trying to make plays. Normally, he's able to either scramble around, finds a hole, and then takes it, and then scrambles for the first down, closing out games. Sometimes he's able to find an open receiver. This time, he just didn't work out. It's kind of like remember, like the whole like Russell Wilson down six with like 35 seconds left and he always ends up seeming able to pull it out. And then the one time he just like does Russell Wilson things and throws a pick. It's kind of like that, like the two sides of the same coin or one side of the same coin or the fuck the phrases. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's the advantage and disadvantage of being Lamar is that when you're trying to make that many moves and try to carry the team, cause you have no wide receivers, you forget to keep the ball in your hand. Yep. And forget to tuck it three points or high and tight. I mean, in that situation tight. of the game, I mean, you got to have it between the ears a little bit, though. No, for sure. Like, yes. I understand that he he doesn't really, most of the time, fumble, actually. Mm-hmm. But he lost a fucking game last night. He did. Yep. I think the moral of the story is that we need to go to a Raiders game this year because that environment looked 
like oh, the most coolest NFL environment that I've ever seen in my life. It starts the game with Steve Aoki back there mixing fat beats, and then we go over to the wrestling boxing guy doing the whole. And in this corner, we have this team that was just the whole black hole thing that looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, this is or this past Monday night with the Raiders and the Chargers game against the football team, those are both games those franchise historically lose. Both pulled them out. Herbert looked fantastic against possibly the best defense in the league. That all line looked insane. The uh, rookie out of Northwestern, Slater, took fucking Chase Young to town. Was blocking the shit out of him. Herbert was able to connect with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I, am I gonna? Do I say AFC West champions? Do I? Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, I could see it. I would not. Which I, I like the Chargers. I like for some reason I like cheering for the Chargers. I don't know why. I like I Herbert a lot. Love cheering, che- or cheering for the San Diego Super Chargers. I cheered for the Raiders as of last night. That was a lot of fun. Now since they moved to Vegas, I like cheering for them. I hated Oakland. Never been there, but it seems like a place I don't like. Oh, uh, outside of the. Damian Harris fumble. Mac Jones probably wins that game in Foxborough against Miami. Is he kind of the future? Oh, he's definitely the future. At least for five more years. Especially when he goes and thumps Tua this week. He played he him thumped this week. Tua oh, almost shit, it was this, week. this past week. Tua did have an egregious fumble, or interception with like seven minutes left in the game. And if Damian Harris doesn't fumble, that's what we're talking about this week. Mac Jones is definitely the future of next week for sure. I don't, I don't want to say anything beyond that. You still thinking Cam Newton's going to come back? I think Cam Newton's going to play for the Washington or beep, boop, boop, skins. Uh, even with he got let go, even though he got let go by Ron Rivera when he was in Carolina. They had some good times together. I bet he's got a cell phone. I bet he could FaceTime him right now. And be that is one thing I didn't think about. I was like, yeah, they're probably going to pick up Cam. but I, They went to the Super Bowl I, together. They had an MVP season together. He's literally – Ron Rivera's literally bitching at his team. Because they weren't fully vaccinated, like 100%. And it was like, yeah, this is like, because, you know, he's a cancer survivor. It's like, guys, like, this is like really like hurtful that you would put my health at risk. Because I am one of the uh, out, or outlier cases of like this with a deficient immune system and all that shit. It's like, this actually affects me a lot. And then Cam getting kicked off the, or getting released from uh, the New England Patriots in part because he had to take off a couple like, a, what, five, six days because he was in COVID protocol. Oh, which they can say all they want. That wasn't the reason. That was a lot of the reason. Yeah, for sure. I still don't think so. You don't think so? Well, then what was it? I think that – I think it was the same thing with why would you trade Gardner Minshew when Trevor Lawrence had didn't play very well all in the preseason. You, once, you, once you finally, like – once you have a new starting quarterback, like, you've got to get rid of the guy from the year before. You can't just keep that guy around. Like, if you're going to let Tua be the starting quarterback of the Dolphins, you got to get rid of Fitzpatrick. you got to give the keys over to the new guy. You can't just have the old guy sitting on the sidelines staring you down. You're shaking your boots every play because every time you make a bad throw, you think that they're going to just throw in the guy from the season before. He was already the starter last year. They like him, obviously. you got to get rid but of I, I, Matt Jones cl- clearly knows Even if Sam Newton was vaccinated, I would be saying that if that's, that's the reason everybody would be saying it because that's the reason it is. Like, you got to give the keys to the new guy. you got to get rid of the old guy. When a new starter comes in for the year, that's just how. I don't, I don't think it's like that in New England. That's just, I think but that's literally just how Matt like Jones historically knew he was the guy. That's just historically how it's always been. I mean, they when you bring in a new quarterback, you eventually and the same thing's going to happen with Andy Dalton once Justin Fields 
comes over. They're not just going to let Andy Dalton hang out and be the backup quarterback when he was. Yeah, but Andy, Dal- I would take Cam Newton he, over Andy Dalton any day of the week. Isn't Andy on a one-year deal? I thought is he on a two-year deal? I think it's like a two-year thing. Is it a two-year? Because I don't think they thought that they were going to be able to draft a quarterback. Yeah, it was two years because they didn't think they were going to be able to, draw, able to draft a quarterback. They weren't expecting to get Justin Fields that late when they got him. But regardless, like this is just how NFL quarterback situations always happen. The new guy comes in. If you're going to announce him as a starter, old guy's got to go. This is just how. It is. Well, yeah, I mean the year, like definitely the year after. Well, I mean that didn't happen in Miami last year. They brought in Tua, had Fitz start, had Tua start, and then put Fitz back. Tua in. didn't start until oh, not the first game. He started a lot later in the season, though. Which is what I said. I said Fitz started, then Tua, then Fitz again. Yes, that's different, though. They they knew they were going to let I mean, Mac Jones start. They literally game one. took out the new guy and put the old guy back in. Yeah, because Tua's playing really bad, though. So, which is an argument. They had a lot of confidence in Mac Jones. Yeah, they were. They were talking before the year. They were talking about trade like. Sources were saying they were talking about trading up to get him, and they didn't even have to, which is which absolutely insane, scary, very scary. But anyways, um, any other games that we need to talk about? I think we need to talk about next week games. The actual right, electric week. slate coming at us, hot. All right, where do y'all want to start? Do you want to start with Taylor Heineke against Daniel Jones, or do you want to move it into an actual Sunday game? I want to go to an actual Sunday game. Let's go to an actual Sunday game then. Uh, do you want to start it off? With a Rams Colts game. Oh, are we going to do our? Uh, do you want to go ahead and do the uh, NFL, our, our betting favorites for next week? All right. So my favorite is the Rams minus four. It's a good bet. I uh, looking the one thing that the Rams were missing through the entire Jared Goff era was the big play of being able to throw the ball over thirty-five yards. And now with Matt Stafford, they have that. I mean, we saw how fucking giddy Stafford was after he threw that bomb to uh, uh, Van Jefferson, Ravenwood High School alumni. And I, I've never seen Matt Stafford skip before. Oh, and he's he was, so happy. He was frolicking on the field. I mean, the defense looks stout. Carson Wentz is going to need another week to really prep into that offense. And I, I think it, four is an absolute steal. Four is putting too much thought process into the Indianapolis offensive line or offensive line and defensive line, uh, the defense just in general. Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, another week, really limiting that line in. I love the Ra- or the Rams on the road against the Colts. That's a great bet. I have that on my list of bets I like a lot as well. Uh, I'm gonna go with an underdog right out the gate and say, "Whoa, whoa, it's favorite." Okay, favorites then dogs then best bet. Son of a bitch. But the only thing that does disturb me. About the Rams Colts, seventy three percent of the betting public is on the Rams right now. Oh, I forgot. I know. I got which my, makes me very scared. I mean, my favorite's got to be the Bucks minus twelve against the Falcons. I don't know if much more needs to be said. That's such a high spread for an NFL football game. But if you can't score touchdowns against the Eagles, you're not going to score a touchdown against a much better offense or a much better defense with an offense that's also just way more capable of scoring points. Give me the Bucks. By at least two touchdowns. Probably going to be closer to like three touchdowns in that game. Whoa, that's hot That's take. a bad, bad Falcons team. I thought that they were going to win like five games this year. And I thought starting – I was like, it's got to start with the Eagles. Like they have to beat the Eagles because it just gets worse from here. The Eagles are going to suck. So now they're winning four And the games. Falcons lose to the Eagles right out the gate. They're going to get slammed by the Bucs. Uh, I will say the Falcons are the best team 
of getting into the red zone and doing nothing with that red zone, red zone appearance. They got to uh, feel it. That's because they, they have no run game at all. Well, I mean, Mike Davis picked up like 10 fantasy points. <laughs> 15 carries for 49 yards. It's a big, uh, big day there, Mike Davis. Nice one. Big. I mean, what do you expect out of Mike Davis, though? Yeah, I know. Well, the whole, like, going into the season, we knew that they were going to have no run game. And then I was like, maybe they have enough talent at receiver to make it work. Yeah. Apparently not. Do we officially feel bad for Matt Ryan? I feel bad for Matt Ryan. I'm I'm getting to that point of like, nah, he I lost bad for Matt Stafford being on the lines for so long. Matt Stafford, I think Matt Ryan could be the next Matt Stafford. He he needs to walk into Arthur Blank's office after the season and be like, we had a good run together, but I think it's time that I go and compete somewhere because it's not going to be with the Falcons over the next like couple years. The only team I can see him going to and excelling would be the Broncos. Yeah, maybe the Bron- maybe the Washington football team, maybe I don't know, we'll see how I, I the season they, plays out. I think I think the football team t- needs another playmaker at quarterback in order to take in themselves to the next level. But I think if you have a pocket passer like a Bridgewater with a better arm, Matt Ryan comes in, they he can do really well there. But I think that the football team needs a bigger playmaker. Same thing with Miami. Yeah. We'll they need a more versatile guy to Come in. What's your what's your favorite of the week? So my favorite for the week, which I don't for some reason I think you guys are maybe both gonna disagree with me. Chiefs minus three against the Ravens. To be perfectly honest, I already took that. You already took it? I already took it. (laughs) I think it's a lock. It's a lock. Yeah, I think it's a fine bet. Yeah. Just to really, come I, I thought both of you guys were really going to disagree with that. I thought Jack was going to come at me. No, not bad at all. I mean, the, no. yeah, the, I mean, do we not remember last year? This exact, exact same situation happened. It was in Baltimore. The, or we all thought that the Ram or the I'm sorry, the Ravens were a much better team than they actually are, and they just got fucking smoked because the Ra- the Ravens right now can only win one way, and it's with top of over thirty five to forty minutes and a good defense. And they don't really have either when they play the Chiefs. You're definitely not going to have a good defense. <laughs> uh, Patty Mahomes is just a different breed. You just need to catch him on and off. Yeah, you're only going to hold the ball for 35 to 40 minutes if the Chiefs score the first three plays every drive. Uh, also, granted, I'm not entirely sure the injury status of like Honey Badger and Frank Clark when they come back. But if they come back this week, God, the fucking uh, Lamar Jackson's in a world of fucking hurt. That's going to be a great game, too. That's in Baltimore on Sunday night. Yeah. Also, another, if I could slide another favorite favorite, I absolutely love the Chargers at minus three at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. That's a great one, too. The only reason why they're ranked so high or they're thought of so highly is because Tom Brady's turned the ball over four times, or the Tim Bay Buccaneers turned the ball over four times. Three uncharacteristic turnovers by. Or two of them by Tom, one of them by uh, Chris Godwin. Doesn't really happen. And they still lost the game, even after winning that turnover battle by such a big margin. I don't think that happens this week. I love the Chargers minus three. Great bet. Great bet. All right. Uh, Favorite underdog. Favorite dog. I'm taking my boy, Joey B. Joey Burrow going into Soldier Field. Three-point dog. And whooping. The Chicago Bears. That's one of my top three favorite underdogs as well. Um, my favorite underdog, and this might be a little recency bias because I just saw it happen last night, but the Raiders plus five and a half against the Steelers. I think the Bills played really bad last week. That's a good team. 
I just don't believe in the Steelers yet. I'm not ready to, to buy in on that. I have bought into the Raiders for sure. I bought into them before the season, and I think they played a really good game last night. Give me the Raiders to win again, start off 2-0 against two really good teams. So this is a game I'm not going to touch because the Raiders have hurt me too much in the past by putting on a perfe- per- in- impressive performance like they did last year against the Saints in Monday Night Football, come out the next week and lay an absolute dud. If they come out and cover, not even win, just cover against the Steelers, although this, this Steelers team isn't as good as it was years prior, I think they absolutely stole one from the Buffalo Bills, especially because they only won because of the block punt. Thank you, Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, if the Raiders win, I'm on them the rest of the year. If they don't win, it's just back to your regular old Raiders, just getting ready to money line underdog them again in a later time period. Well, so my favorite dog of the week, the fucking boys are back. Cowboys plus three. No fucking way. Ooh, juicy. I've, I even uh, got my notes here. Moneyline, question mark, plus 140. Ooh, juicy. <laughs> what could possibly be your explanation for this? Uh, Dak Prescott looked pretty fucking good. That's all I mean. Dak Prescott's fucking back. And Justin Herbert didn't? I think it's going to be... Did you see Amari Cooper last week? Yeah. Have you heard Hey, by the way, clear wide receiver one, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, We had an argument about that. Yeah. Didn't that call... We said C.D. Lamb was a wide receiver one. Uh, Amari Cooper's wide receiver one. Yes. Yes, he is. Um... What I would say, I think the offensive line for the Chargers is too good. Their pass rush is too good with Ingram and Bosa. And they have Derwin James healthy, and they still have Casey Hayward. We'll have to wait and see. Let's watch the dog, Jack. Stoked about that game. <laughs> That's going to be – is that a 3 o'clock game? Yeah, hell fucking yeah it is. I'm going to be I'm gonna be glued to that game. I'll be watching uh, the Titans they... get their ass beat by the Seahawks. <laughs> is that, oh, that's a 3 o'clock game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank God for that time slot, right? Yeah, I am very excited for that game. Hopefully the Chargers are wearing their powder blues again. It's going to look absolutely fantastic. Going to pop off on the screen. Uh, any other games you want to touch on? Yeah, I'd be interested in uh, potentially sprinkling a little sprinkle on uh, the Lions minus 11. Like, or sorry, plus 11 against Packers. Like they, they didn't look terrible sprinkle last week. So, I will say, we normally play the Lions – a lot closer than it should be. If we remember a couple of years back where the refs just gave Green Bay a win because they called an absolute fraudulent like 15-yard face mask I don't on the that. Lions, putting us, because it was a fourth down, we would have turned the ball over because Aaron threw an incomplete pass. Refs bailed us out, put us in uh, field goal range for Mason Crosby, who absolutely banged home like a 52-yarder. So we do play them a lot closer than we should. This is a game I will actually be attending. Nashville Bets was kind enough to send me as their Green Bay correspondent out to Lambeau. Thank you, guys. Are you actually going? Thank you, Nashville Bets. Yeah. Nice. That's going to be Monday night game, too. That's going to be electric. Mm-hmm. Flying out Sunday night. Nice. nice. Uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be played a lot closer than I think we should play them. I think we should blow them off by 17 points. We'll probably only win by four. Are you flying into Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. I'm, play- I'm flying to O'Hare. How far would drive is that? So I'm staying with my relatives in uh, the northern burbs. And then we're driving up on Monday. How far of a drive is that? It's like three hours. Oh, I thought it'd be a lot worse. No. Actually, it might be two and a half. Holy shit. Yeah, it's not far. 
Just a hop skip. Yeah, because I think it's an hour from Milwaukee. Huh? Because a lot of the players live in the Milwaukee area. Oh, yeah, I bet. But anyways, no, I'm very excited for that game. I will hopefully make a lot of noise. If anyone lives in the Green Bay area, wants to give me recommendations on literally anywhere. Because I think all they have is an Applebee's. If there's a local shop, let me know. Would love to come. Can you do the Applebee's TikTok dance? It's the Applebee's TikTok dance. With, uh, you've seen it, right? The one that everybody's doing. No. You know what? If we record you doing the Applebee's TikTok dance, posted it to our TikTok, at Nashville Bets, or on TikTok, and we get five followers. We have two right now. Create three random accounts. Get it to five. I'll record it at Applebee's in Green Bay. Fancy. It's called Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. You never heard that song? No. It's been like all over the place recently. Huh. It's not very good. But <laughs> I, mean, I don't like it. A lot of people do. It's, it's been like at the top of the charts for a long time. So a lot of people love it. But oh, I mean, if it's at the top of the charts, it's probably not a very good song. It's true. Um, all right. So let's do our boss and bum of the week. Uh, bum of the week, Titans. I, I, I wouldn't even put the Packers there because I think the expectations in my eyes were bigger for the Titans. And they came out and looked just like the worst team in the NFL. Like they weren't ready to play for five more weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like they were not. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's also my bum of the week. So I'll just go ahead and piggyback off of that. Oh, I got my. <laughs> they looked atrocious. My boss of the week. Um, That's the worst team since Ken Wisenhunt's teams. Hold on. We're doing bums first. Okay. Uh, I was going to say my bum of the week was Joe Barry. D.C. for Green Bay. Looked absolutely atrocious out there. But I'll go ahead and flip that. My bum of the week is actually the Monday night football co- or, uh, booth because Peyton, Eli, and Russell Wilson did such a better job. Electric. They had I, Travis Kelsey on, too. It was electric. So much fun I didn't to watch. Want to do that. Damn. Oh, man, you missed the fuck out. Uh, no, no offense to Joe Tessitore, but like a Theo Riddick, or not Theo, Lewis Riddick, and whoever else they had in that box. Um, fuck, Brian Greasy just doesn't do it for me anymore. No. Which I I would like them to see I would like to see them take them off the left side of the screen mm-hmm. at least some yeah because it kind of takes away from the game too much yeah but absolute electric it was fun just I, I liked hearing like when they were you could tell they were watching the game it was just straight pauses yeah it was like watching your watching the game with your three best friends yeah made me feel real at home which I was at home but so <laughs> yeah, my bums the initial. Monday Night Football commentary crew. Beaver, your boss. Uh, my boss is going to come as a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to say the Texans. Texans the come Texans. out and get a big-ass win week one when 99% of the people out there didn't think they were going to win at all, and like a pretty convincing win. Maybe the Jags are just atrocious, but I mean, I'd bet the Jags. I think that most people out there bet the Jags, and uh, the Texans come out and win 37-21. Pretty convincing win. Didn't see it coming. Hats off to you, Texans. I will give a shout-out. I don't like promoting other people, but Peter Schrager of Good Morning uh, Good Morning Football, whatever the fuck it's called, did say that a lot of – he has a lot of uh, friends on the Texans. They said they were very upset because they have a room full of professionals in there. Granted, they might not win the division, but they are still a bunch of professional football players, and they were disrespected. Glad they came out and absolutely fucked Jacksonville. Yeah. My boss – most underrated quarterback in the NFL, Derek Carr. He finally got his statement win that he's been searching for for a long time on a premier stage. 
and is 1-0 against Lamar Jackson, where everyone thought that the Ravens were going to be a top-five team. And he beat them in primetime in the black hole. Congrats to Eric Carr. You are officially not a laughingstock anymore. Nice. Nice. And John Gruden. Uh, I'll give it to Derek Carr before we give it to John Gruden. Because Derek Carr did call a couple plays where he just looked at John as like, what the fuck are you doing? And it was very funny to watch. But anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. That's our show. Um, if you like the podcast, like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find this at. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nashville Bets. Uh, give us a little shout out on TikTok too. Maybe a little clubhouse, whatever y'all are feeling. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thank y'all.